0: Welcome into another edition of the Prep Extra Podcast. I'm Colton Stone alongside, as always, Chris Bassinet, and today joined by Nate Thomas. The three-man we- weave today. The three-man weave as we get into girls' state basketball. Uh, boys district, finals start Monday, wrap-up Tuesday, boys will be next week. Not a whole lot to get into because by the time we talk about it, we'll be wrong. So... Uh, <laughs> Focus on the girls this week. Uh, Jam packed week at Pinnacle Bank Arena as well as the Devaney Sports Center. And you know, Class A, we've got our fair share of of LPS flavor. Uh, we've got some areas where you go down uh, B and C one. Uh, gets a little murkier as we go uh, a little deeper down, but uh, Class A is where a lot of the focus is going to be. We've got three Lincoln schools, um, and they're all you know, Lincoln High is probably the one that. We expected the most to be there, yeah. showed the most uh, throughout the season, uh, best seed out of the three. Um, so I guess to start, whoever wants to start, uh, what does Lincoln High have to do to, to get to that final likely uh, against Millard South? Um, I mean, when you talk
1: about Lincoln High, I obviously talk about their defense. They, you know, they'll press you all 94 feet for most of the game off of made baskets and, you know, dead balls. And. It's going to take a lot for them just because I don't think that they have a ton of size matched up against a team maybe like Miller North too that also is, you know, a defense heavy style. But Lincoln High can go six deep. They have six players that can come on the court and really score the ball. Um, You know, everybody creates individually. Um, I think they're a team that's definitely made to play in the state tournament this year. But I mean, obviously getting to the final, it looks like the most likely scenario um,
2: for them, just because of how good Millard South has been this season. You talk about Lincoln High, and they kind of broke the broke through last year, getting to state, winning a game. hadn't done that in, in years and years and years. And you have to think that's really going to help them this year. Because I I was at that Lincoln High game last year, that semifinal game, and it was a the atmosphere was unbelievable. You know, it was loud, it was packed, and that that can make it tough if you if you haven't been in that position, whether you're a favorite or not. And now you've been there. You're probably favored in your first round game. You, you look at you don't want to look ahead too much, but you look at that second round game potentially facing Millard North, or you're facing another city school. That's going to be a a wild atmosphere, and that's something that shouldn't bother Lincoln High. So, the the physical part of it, we know they're physically talented enough to do it. But I think what's going to help Lincoln High is they they've been there and they they understand how how that stage works.
1: Yeah, and they've been on this mission. It seemed like for the past month and a half, they had you know, two games since the hack tournament that have been decided by single digits or less, like they've been blowing everybody out and they're just being
2: getting themselves ready to play in the state tournament atmosphere. That is March and this week. That's, that's the thing too. That's, I think that's kind of the sign of a really good team. That's kind of an obvious thing to say while they blow everybody out. But when you beat teams, the way Lincoln High beats teams, you know, that, that shows, I think how dominant you are against your peers. And, and that's, that can be true you know, of, of a lot of classes, but it's maybe different than a C1 school beating a D2 school. You know, Lincoln High is doing this against Class A competition, high-level competition. And th- there's good in that because it shows that you can be dominant. There's a little bad that you haven't maybe been pushed for a little while. And if it gets tight in state, we've all seen that too, right, where, where it can be tough. But I think that's one of the things I really like about this team is that they're twenty. They're twenty three and one. Yes, they're the three CDS, but the way they've played, like you said, since the hack tournament, has just been really
0: impressive. And yeah, look at the flip side of that game. Uh, you've got Miller North North Star, as you mentioned. You know, Lincoln High would maybe have to go up against Miller North. What does North Star have to do to be you know frisky against Miller North, who's also been pretty dominant all year?
1: I guess one of those things is they ha- they need their scoring depth to really show. They have three players that are scoring in double figures so far this season, and they're going to need every bit that they can get against a really stingy Miller North defense. And Miller North, while they haven't been there in a few seasons, they've got that pedigree, pedigree of winning state tournaments. Uh, most recently, did it in twenty nineteen. Like they've been there. Maybe it's not these players, but you know they know what it takes that you know to win in the state tournament. And North Star just doesn't have that experience system well. now but sometimes what you don't know is good for you. Like you can come in as the underdogs with no pressure on yourselves. They're playing with house money at this point after Mm -hmm. they beat Pius in the district final. So, you know, it's going to be a really good learning experience win or lose for the um, young
2: navigators up at North star too young to know better is is the thing you hear. A lot of coaches say they're too young to know that they should be nervous in this situation. I I watched North star in that, that district final, that's at Pius in a really good atmosphere. And you're playing a team, similar to Miller North, a great a championship pedigree, a team that's there year after year after year. And they hung right in there. They, they never let the game get away from them. They, it looked like they had it won at the indie regulation. Pius pulls off a miracle to tie it, and it would have been real easy for North Star to fold in that situation, starting three freshmen, starting a sophomore, not bringing a whole lot of people off the bench. You know that, That's the crew they stuck with. And they're down four in overtime. And you go, okay, well, this was kind of fun. But... And then they turn around. Annie Lou, freshman, hits a three, four seconds left, and now they're at the state tournament. So, yeah, you wonder how they'll handle the atmosphere, but I think you're, I think you're right, Nate. They're in a position where if they can approach this in a, in a way that says, you know what, we've got to have fun with this. And win or lose, we're, we're going to just go have a great time and what maybe will be, they'll have a shot. You never know. Stranger things have happened, right? That's why you play the game. So, yeah, that's going to be a fun one to watch.
0: And then looking at the top side, you've, you've got Millard South playing uh, Southwest, obviously, in the, and then in the 4-5 game, we've got the two Bellevue schools going uh, up against each other. Southwest has a tall task uh, coming up. That Millard South has looked far and away as the best team in Class A, 24-2. And, uh, and Chris, you and I always talk about, you know, it seems like, especially in boys' basketball, a lot of the power lies in the Metro seems like it's kind of been, outside of Lincoln High, it's kind of been that way yeah. for girls basketball this year as well. Can, is there some way Southwest can, can disrupt Millard South and, and they're going to win this game, how, how can they do that?
1: Well, it's a lot different than when they played two, three weeks ago when Millard South won by 30. Kennedy Williams is back from Lincoln Southwest, and I think we saw the impact that she has on that Silverhawk team when she played in the district final. Led the team in scoring, led the game in scoring with 17 like, she's a really good player, and she changes the trajectory of Southwest by a mile. You talk about another young team that, you know, they have two seniors that play. They kind of carry that group um, throughout most of the season. But having Kennedy Williams back just changes a lot of things for them. They have a second ball handler. They have a lead guard that can step up and defend Millard South, um, you know, any of the three uh, Division One players for the Patriots. It's going to be a really interesting game just to see if it's any different from what happened two and a half, three weeks ago. But
2: it's it'll be a fun one either it's, way. Let's not forget Lincoln Southwest beat Millard South last year in the state tournament when nobody thought they were gonna do it. And I think you look at this game, if you're Lincoln Southwest and you're telling you're telling your players, look, all the pressure in the world's on Millard South. They've got an unbelievable record the last three, four years, you know, twenty what, twenty losses in the last four years, five years, zero state titles. This is kind of it for them, for this group anyway. If if they're going to do it, it has to be this year. And now all of a sudden you look across the bracket, and it's the team that beat you last year, who's got their best player back, essentially playing a home game on the same court where they beat you last year. That's tough for Millard South. And I'm not saying Millard South, I'm not saying Lincoln Southwest is going to come out and win this game. But they've done it once. You have to think their their confidence is really, really high right now, especially, get, like you said, getting Kennedy Williams back. So. I don't know if it's maybe the foregone conclusion a lot of people think it might be. And, and like you said, it, getting Kennedy-Williams back, that just changes the whole, the whole trigonometry of everything, right? It, 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 it doesn't make this game a toss-up, but it makes it a lot closer than it might have been you know, a week or two ago.
1: Yep, and one of the things Tim Barreta uh, told me after they've won their district semifinal was they didn't have to beat Belby West 10 times, they just had to beat them once. Exactly. And they know that they're the underdogs every game that they played, through here on out in the postseason and when you have two seniors and a junior that have been there before and you tell them you don't have anything to lose yeah. it's it's a battle for them like they're yeah. going to come out and they're going to compete
2: yeah it's it's a deal too let's not forget Lincoln Southwest Darnier won the state title last year lost a close game to a really good Fremont team they and like you said they've been there they've been under the lights so I think that might be the the most fun game of the day uh, on that first day
0: Moving on to Class B, uh, I I think the biggest storyline here is going to be how do we avoid Elkhorn North versus (laughs) Omaha-Scut. You've got Waverly taking on Scut in the 2 versus 7, Norris taking on Elkhorn North in the 1 versus 8. It it seems like we're just on that collision course. It just seems like it's going to be Elkhorn north Omaha How is it not Elkhorn north Omaha (laughs) scut
1: Well... It's kind of hard to find a reason why it wouldn't be those two just because those two have just ran through everybody in Class B. Like a game for them hasn't been close. If you look at Elkhorn North, their one loss was to Omaha Scott the first game of the season. Omaha Scott hasn't lost to a Nebraska opponent yet this season. Like those two have just been running through everybody and it just seems like there's nothing that's going to get in their way. Unless it's just some catastrophic circumstances where, you know, a team gets hot from three
2: in a second half or something like that. I think it's, I think the one thing that can maybe throw a wrench into this is, is how good is Sydney? And it's, it kind of becomes a tired thing every year, but you don't, from this part of the state, we don't see those teams in the panhandle a whole lot. And you're talking about a team that's 24 and two has, has kind of done what we talked about with Lincoln High, they kind of blow everybody out. So they do what you want them to do. What's the level of competition like? You know, they haven't seen a Scut. They haven't seen an Elkhorn North. They're going to be under the bright lights. They're going to play a Beatrice team that's 17 and four and is 40 miles down the road and and has has again some pedigree uh, in the postseason. So, I I, I kind of agree with you guys. It's it's tough to see this going any other direction than a than a state volleyball rematch where it was Scut and Elkhorn North who played just an, an epic state final in Class B in volleyball. I don't think a lot of people would be too mad if that happened again in basketball. That's, that's two great teams full of great players. And, and right now, like you said, barring something really unforeseen, it looks like those two in the finals.
1: Yeah, those two have the three best players in the class. Molly Ladwig, um, Peyton McCabe, and Britt Prince. And those are three of the best players in the state regardless of class too. Yeah. Like it, it's going to be an absolutely electric final if it happens, considering how close that first game was when they played night one of the season. That was an absolutely crazy game too that happens again it's going to be fun yeah but you have to still look down the line and say like well what if a york comes out and shoots well and they play mm-hmm. good defense what happens if scott's bluff comes out and plays up to the potential that um you know that they have yeah or a norris comes out and knocks on shots waverly is even a tough test too like none of these schools are really pushovers but it just seems like Elkhorn north and scott are just better than you know the six teams in the field
0: yeah and and Looking, of course, you said, you look at records, seems like some of these would be more even matchups than they might be, but we don't get to see every game. We yeah. don't get to travel everywhere. What is, like you said, what does Scott's Bluff have uh, to offer? What, you know, depending on how they play against York, does that give them some kind of confidence against Elkhorn North? Mm-hmm. If North comes out inspired, if you knock down enough threes, you can take a big enough lead and, and hopefully you know, coast to a win. But it, it seems like, again, we're, that one more so than Class A feels like we're more on a collision course for those two teams. But any, any given night, it, it's, it is still a, a toss-up as, as you go down all those games.
2: It's the oldest cliche in the book. you got to play the games, right? That's right. You, you don't play them on paper. And, and what it looks like on paper may not happen but it looks like what's on paper might actually yeah, <laughs> might yeah. actually happen here. And that, that's the same exact thing we said with volleyball was, you know, these
1: two feel like they're the best teams and it ended up happening. It just kind of feels like these are the two best teams that it's going to happen again. Yeah. So.
0: Looking at C1, just one Lincoln school. Uh, we've got Lincoln Christian playing Bridgeport in the two versus seven. Bridgeport 24-0. Christian, not a pushover, 22-3. and three. Uh, That'll be an interesting matchup. What does Christian uh, have to do... A, get past a, a a potent Bridgeport team.
1: Well, the one thing that they need to do is somehow find a way to, I guess, match up against Bridgeport size. You talk about the Lewis Girdle girls, like they're tall. Mm-hmm. And they're taller than everybody else in that class, it feels like. And they can handle the ball too. Yeah. Top that, of that. Yep. Um, Kennedy Ailes is Lincoln Christian's big, best player. She's their tallest player at, you know, six foot, six foot one. She kind of not a super physical player and it's going to be a really tough battle for her um, to try and guard those two. And thinking Christian just isn't a very tall or physical team in general. So I'm interested to see how physical they can come out if they play very inspired. You know, they're coming out with the first year coach, Scott Klein, and they're coming with, you know, players that have not played in the state tournament before, let alone even a district final. Yeah. They had one player in their roster that had played in the district final before um, last week. So it's, it's going to be very interesting to see if Lincoln Christian can kind of play the role of Cinderella, but Bridgeport just feels like they're going to be right there in the final again. It's just, who is it going to be up against?
2: Again, a team that made the state final last year in Bridgeport, lost a close game, um, returned a whole lot of that roster, including, like you said, two of the best players in the class. So probably favored there. Outside of that, you kind of look at the rest of this bracket. I think it's really interesting. North Bend Central. Who's obviously been there a bunch the last few years? One loss on the season. Wahoo and Malcolm playing for what feels like about the seventeenth time <laughs> this year in the first round. That's two quality teams. Adam Central's twenty four and one. They they've been right there at the top of the ratings all year. Gothenburg's had a really nice year. So it's it's a this is one of the deeper classes I think. Again, Bridgeport kind of looks like the favorite, but there's probably three or four teams here that have a pretty legitimate shot to win this thing.
1: Yeah, and I was. North Bend Central and Bridgeport have kind of felt like the two best teams the entire season. If Adam Central can come into the state tournament and play like really good basketball, they could probably knock off Bridgeport. But we feel kind of on that collision course again, just like Class B for North Bend Central and Bridgeport. North Bend Central, three state tournaments in a row that they've won now. Caitlin Emanuel is, you know, going to go down as one of the greatest high school basketball players of all time in this state. Yeah, it's kind of hard to count them out. They're, you know, their first loss came or I guess their only loss came first night of the season against Bishop Newman Mm -hmm. and granted Bishop Newman's like not a very good team, but a lot has changed over the course of three months since then. And you talk about the East Husker conference. That's one of the toughest conferences in, um, girls sports in the state, no matter what sport it is. And they ran through that conference tournament. Yeah. None of those games were within 20. Yeah. So I, it, it probably feels like those two, like I said, Adam central is kind of right there. Um, just because they have the size physicality, that can probably match a lot of teams um, in C one or outmatch, um, but you know it's it's C one's deep and it's going to be really fun. Yeah.
0: All right. Maybe we'll hit a little lightning round here as we you know we start to drop <laughs> off some of our uh, area and we get very fringe here. But Class C two, uh, Crofton top seed at twenty three and two, and you've got two seed Pender at twenty four and three. What What is there to uh, keep an eye on here in Class C2? C2 is
1: a carousel. I think that's probably the easiest way to say Mm -hmm. it. Like, There's been like four or five different teams in that class that have been ranked number one this season. Like Archbishop Bergen, I think, was the team that held the number one um, spot in the rankings this season, I guess the longest. They lost in a district final. I think it just goes to tell you how even um, C2 is and how fun C2 is going to be this week. Um, Crofton just lost to Ponca in sub-district final. Those two could play in the semi-finals. Like, there, there's going to be a lot of interesting um, games to come out of this
2: class this weekend. Moving on to D1. Mm-hmm. We'll, keep, we'll keep the lightning round going. Sure, uh, the Really fun bracket here. Ravana, the one seed, Centura, the, th- the two seed. That's two conference rivals in the Luplak Conference. They're about 15 miles apart. You know, they see each other every year, multiple times a year. They played each other three times this year. Ravana won the first two. Centura won the third in sub-districts. That's going to be a, a really fun final if it happens. Again, you, you have to get there first. Ravana, SEM, Centura were all in the same um, sub. Uh, and now you've got Ravana, SEM playing in a, a first-round game at state. This is an interesting class because you've got a lot of teams that you know, you'd normally see in a C1 or a C2 state tournament. We mentioned Ravana, Centura. Hastings, St. Cecilia has won three out of the four, last four C2 titles and finished second in C1 the last four years. You know, they, they've competed at the next class up, the next two classes up, and that's where they've been for, for, for a long time. You look at the record, 17-7, and, and it doesn't jump off the page, but, but you know the type of schedule they play in the Centennial Conference. You know the quality of opponents they're playing every year. You know they're going to be really, really good defensively. That's a really tough opening matchup for Elmwood Murdoch, the, the, the area team in the bracket uh, for, for the Journal Star here. The, the Knights making their third appearance in a row. They have yet to get out of the first round. Now to do that, all you've got to do is go beat St. Cecilia, Who, who's here every year, so good luck. I, it's the bottom half of that bracket to Cedar Catholic, another team that's kind of always there. You know, They had a really good run in volleyball, made the state final in, in volleyball. johnson at State for the first time in a long time. That's kind of your fun story there. So some interesting storylines, I think, in D1, kind of headlined by what we said, those, those two kind of conference foes that, that you've kind of had right at the top of the rankings all year long. Yeah, those
1: those two have probably separated themselves from the rest of the class the second half of the season. But, you know, those top four, you mentioned Cedar Catholic and Hastings St. Cecilia. Like, those are two really good teams, too, and I would not be shocked if one of them are in the final.
2: Yeah. Uh, moving on to D2, surprise, surprise, False City Sacred Heart is the top seed uh, in, in Class D2 um Shelton who made a state final last year in D1 is your two seed with one loss O'Neill St. Mary's always really good in this bracket four seed McCool Junctions that's that's kind of a fun story there one of the best scorers in the state they're playing Humphrey St. Francis who oh by the way is also here every single year uh, it feels like so this is this is a fun bracket I think you've kind of got the the established programs the the, the classic perennial powerhouses you've also got some new blood too which i think is going to make it fun layton's in the tournament for the first time in a long time and has a leading scorer in the state um and so a lot of of interesting storylines here but then you kind of look at the bracket go okay yeah it's probably fall city sacred heart and 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 probably shelton (laughs) on the other side yep and
1: it's been fall city sacred heart and humphrey st francis the past two years in the final and we may get that the semifinal, which is you know really fun just because of the you know, rivalry that those two have in, yeah. you know, basketball and volleyball. So I think D2 will be interesting. Um, like, it's been Shelton and Fall City, Sigurd Heart the entire season at one and two. So, yeah, if that happens in the
2: final, that's going to be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you look at, again, I, one of the teams I didn't mention, why not? You look at their state record, you know, the last decade or so, 15 years, really, really good. And Wilcox Hildreth is a first-timer here. W- welcome to the state tournament, Wilcox-Hildroth, who's like four of the best programs in the class <laughs> for the last several years. So yeah, it's, it's a deal where we, we talked about the left side, ABC1 kind of being the brackets we will have the most teams in in our coverage area, but there's no shortage of good stories all over this bracket. Um, it's the best time of the year. We love the state tournament. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have wall-to-wall coverage for you starting Wednesday. Uh, with the first round, we're back to a four-day format this year. The girls and boys are separate after being together Yep, last uh, year.
0: A one, a one and done. We, I hope they never have it yeah, the same let's, week let's ever again. Let's hope that
2: never happens again. <laughs> so, yeah, stay tuned to JournalStar.com. We're going to have you covered all throughout the week. We're going to be at just about every game, so so stay tuned, and and we'll have all the highlights for you.